Hello and welcome back to another episode of Locked on Spartans. It is Monday, April 22nd, 2019. I am your host, Will Hunter. Thanks so much for tuning in to another week of episodes of Locked on Spartans. On today's show, we've got some news to talk about. Uh, As uh, I alluded to on Friday's show, I think I alluded to it. If I didn't, I meant to allude to on Friday's show. Uh, The deadline for entering one's name into the NBA draft uh, was this weekend, so we're expecting to hear news regarding Cassius Winston and Nick Ward and their potential pro futures, and we got that. Uh, So we're going to talk about uh, Nick leaving. Um, We're going to talk about Cassius staying, what that means. Uh, Those will be segments one and two. And then for segment three today, we'll kind of come full circle, uh, talk about uh, this team and the expectations heading into next season. That's going to come from a listener question on Twitter as well. So that's the plan for today's show. We'll talk about this news, what it means for next year's basketball team, uh, and all the different things that go into that. Uh, reminder to rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast if you haven't done those things. Um, subscribing, like I always say, is the absolute best way to get these episodes on your phone. Uh, every single morning when they go live, they get recorded the night before generally. They get scheduled to post for 5 in the morning, and if you subscribe, they get posted and you wake up with it on your phone ready to go for your morning commute or morning workout or whatever Um, and if you do that, if you are a subscriber, I can't thank you enough. And if you wouldn't mind just unsubscribe and then resubscribe again, like if you're a subscriber, I want to, I don't know if that actually works, but make sure you hit the resubscribe button, but unsubscribe, resubscribe, leave a rating, leave a review. That stuff helps with the iTunes ratings and all that good stuff. All right. That's enough, uh, nonsense homework. Uh, type stuff. Let's get into the meat of today's show. So on Friday, uh, Nick Ward and Cassius Winston, um, through social media and Michigan State official releases, uh, announced their intentions for next season. Cassius, through a, a release from Michigan State, said he is coming back to Michigan State, the goal to win a national title. Uh, like we talked about, that's not Shock wasn't a surprising thing. Most people uh, had pegged it around five percent with Cassius Winston. Uh, you know, in terms five percent, he would turn pro. Ninety-five, he's coming back. Uh, and even I, you know, I, I kind of stuck with that number, but I kind of thought it was closer to ninety-nine to one um, with his draft stock where it was, uh, with the you know potential pro future that he has, uh, and with. You know, the season he had and how it ended and what is coming back to this team next year, I thought it'd be really difficult for Cassius Winston to say no to his senior season at East Lansing. He has the opportunity to uh, build a legacy here. Not that he hasn't already, but he could end up, you know, in the at the point where if, if Michigan State goes on to win a national championship and Cassius Winston builds on what he did last season, uh, we have a serious discussion about greatest Michigan State career ever between him, Mateen Cleaves, and Magic Johnson. And I think it'd be very, very difficult to leave Cassius 
uh, off the top spot on that list, uh, you know, just going into the numbers and things like that. Obviously, a lot depends on what he does in his senior season, but it is not out of the question that he could go down as the most accomplished Spartan uh, in the really full history of this program. So that was um, not a shock. Still happy. Still, it's better to have the news than to be waiting for what you think is most likely going to be good news. So that was good. Then uh, Nick, we sort of pegged this at 50-50 that he would come back, stay or go. Uh, he announced on Instagram and then uh, you know that he is going to enter the NBA draft, hire an agent, which he can do and still return to Michigan State. So he's not 100% out the door, but I would say he's 99% out the door given the context of his post on Instagram, thanking Spartan Nation, um, you know, just talking about looking forward to getting his pro career started. And the school uh, shortly thereafter came out with an official release. They do not expect him uh, to be back with the team next year. So uh, barring anything completely unforeseen uh, at this point, Nick Ward, uh, his career is over with Michigan State. And so I think, uh, you know, to reflect on it here for a minute, I think Nick kind of, I don't, I feel like he's not going to be looked at as fondly as he should, uh, if that makes sense. I think Nick had a really uh, good career. He was, uh, his freshman year asked to play a much larger role than was probably fair to ask of him that was anticipated. Um, you know, on a team that was kind of recycling, rebooting, had an up and down season, uh, Nick was a very steady force, uh, you know, in the post for them being able to score. He finished that season, um, the possession percentage, 32.8%. That was 19th in the country and 35th in the country in shot percentage as a freshman, you know, coming in with uh, Langford coming in with Miles coming in with Cassius. Uh, Nick ended up taking and just the, the way the team operated was a lot through him. He had an offensive rating of one ten point five. You know he had solid shooting numbers. He shot fifty nine percent from two. Was eleventh in the Big Ten at two point percentage. Um, so you know he wasn't the most efficient, but was efficient enough. Had. Uh, the number two offensive rebound rate in the country was a solid defensive rebounder, 51 in block percentage as a freshman, uh, number two, <clears throat> excuse me, in fouls drawn per 40 minutes. Really uh, did a lot that year to help buoy a team that was really up and down and needed a guy to lean on at times, and he was uh, that guy for a team, like I said, up and down. I, would they get seven seed or a 10 seed in the turn? I don't remember. I think maybe a 10 seed. Um, but yeah, just an up and down season, but Nick really helped that team win a lot of games, uh, that year. And last year had moments of, uh, excellence. And then a lot of moments of frustration. He was really efficient, uh, effective field goal percentage of 65, true shooting percentage of 65. Those crazy good numbers, 65% from two. It doesn't take a lot of threes. He only hit, hit his only three, but had a good offensive rating with high usage numbers and was just a guy, again, solid, consistent, steady that you could rely on. Um, although there were moments certainly where he was benched, there were frustrations. I uh, butted heads with Izzo at times. Uh, his minutes, you know, weren't consistent. He, he never had huge minutes. 
Uh, he was trending up this year, but you know he's never played more than 50% of minutes. His defense just really wasn't there at times last year. The rebounding, um, you know, the re- offensive rebounding was great. Defensive rebounding was solid, as always. But it just defensively, he blocked some shots, but it, it was you know ball screens and different things like that, hustle plays, whatever it was. And he was you know in the doghouse definitely at times, but also had games where he you know absolutely dominated against Indiana. He had 18 points, 13 rebounds, 24 and 10 against Rutgers. You know there were still moments on an elite team where he just kind of got. Uh, you know, he went from being so important and he was still important. He still got a lot of touches, um, but there were just more options for him. And I think it was a really frustrating sophomore season, albeit a productive, efficient one for him. And then, you know, he enters his name into the draft and gets the feedback, comes back, loses weight, uh, has a, you know, seems like a better attitude, a different attitude, more mature, uh, working harder on defense, uh, much improved in ball screen situations on defense, which was his big Achilles heel. Uh, playing well was just like insane uh, to start the season, and really, you know, had some uh, had some outstanding games, and then sort of, you know, hit a little bit of a funk. Was up and down uh, through January at times. Had some good games in February, and then against Ohio State, of course, he breaks his hand. Uh, Xavier Tillman goes in the starting lineup, and Michigan State revamps how they play, and it works, and they become this, you know, really athletic switchable team on defense, a ball screen offense, and you know, Nick Ward is now healing up with a broken hand. Looking at less minutes, less shots, uh, a totally different role. You know, he 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 through no fault of his own kind of lost his job in some ways. And I think Nick Ward of previous years might have come back and you know, been really frustrated with his um, lack of role offensively, the the lost touches basically. And really, he struggled uh, offensively. And I think the hand certainly impacted that. He just wasn't as good down low, struggled around the rim at times. Um, but what he did do was work really hard defensively. Uh, I thought he had great energy when he came back from his broken hand. Instead of pouting, instead of, you know, just being a liability and and things like that. He recognized the situation and just wanted to contribute to winning in any any way that he could. And uh, unfortunately, that wasn't, you know, that that wasn't going to be the same as before he got hurt, right? His, His role had been sliced into pieces offensively. And for him to be able to get on the floor, he was going to have to work really hard, play good defense, rebound, block shots, take care of the ball, uh, and take advantage of his touches uh, when he would get them down low. And, you know, like I said, the hand really limited him in terms of scoring, but I thought he did all the other stuff really well. I thought uh, he played really freaking hard all the time. Uh, and I thought that said a lot about him. I thought it said a lot about his character, his growth, just the fact that he would come back in that situation to be a positive contributor, contributor in like a totally different way than. Uh, he was just three weeks before that, four weeks before that, and in a totally different way than he had been his entire career. And that, so I thought, you know, that was really positive from him. And I think that says a lot about the, the you know, the man really he's grown into. You know, he, he comes to Michigan State 
as a kid and he leaves kind of as a man sort of to to lean on some cliches there and I uh, I'm not sure about his NBA prospects he doesn't have the outside game yet it's something that he's been trying to develop unfortunately at Michigan State for him the way he plays it was a lot of back to the basket type stuff that's being phased out in the NBA um, he certainly has to get into even better shape and he did a good job uh, in that department this year his growth there has been noticeable and he needs to continue that he needs to keep working on his athleticism and his ball screen defense in the NBA if you can't switch ball screens if you can't defend ball screens properly uh, you're going to get played off the floor there are guys who are incredibly skilled offensively, like a Jaleel Okafor type, a Greg Monroe type, who just can't stay on the floor because they're liabilities defensively. That said, I think Nick is skilled enough offensively to find a, a professional basketball career, whether he starts you know, in the G League and tries to make it in the NBA for a little bit. He might do that. Uh, I certainly think he's going to play in the NBA Summer League. Don't see him getting drafted, uh, but he'll play in the Summer League. Maybe he can latch on to the end of a roster uh, I doubt that, but I think uh, you'll likely see him in the G League a little bit, and then his development from there you know, will be a professional-type development. It's a different type of thing, so hopefully for his uh, career, he can you know, work on that outside game and become a more athletic and versatile guy that doesn't have to play with his back to the basket and can score in a number of ways. You know, And if it doesn't work out in the NBA, if it doesn't work out in the U.S., there are plenty of places for him to play professional basketball where he can play for a long time and make a lot of really a uh, lot of money <laughs> let's say a lot of really good money he can make good money for a long time playing professional basketball it doesn't have to be in the U.S. he's absolutely skilled enough offensively and can you know do enough athletically to play overseas in some of the lower uh, leagues and then work his way around there and you know who knows what happens but he can certainly make a career out of it uh, he felt it was time for uh, him to make uh, some money for his abilities. And, you know, I'm never, ever going to be someone who uh, chides uh, someone for leaving school early or anything like that or or says that's a bad decision or anything like that. Uh, It's his decision. He made it. I'm happy for him, and I hope uh, all the best for him. And I hope that um, people kind of look back fondly uh, at Nick's time at Michigan State. I thought he really grew in a lot of different ways uh, and is absolutely, you know, someone I'm rooting for at the next level, someone I'm sad to see go, someone who I wish was uh, going to be on the team next year, but he is not. So, uh, all right, that is a good transition to take a break. When we come back, we will talk about the rest of the roster. We know most of it, uh, some question marks. How might they fill that last scholarship spot? So we'll talk about that when we get back. You can get Locked on Spartans on the brand new podcasting app Himalaya, as well as Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, and Spotify. And when you get in your car, tell your smart device to play podcast Locked on Spartans. All right, welcome back to segment two of today's Locked on Spartans. Let's talk about what is left on this roster. So as of right now, Michigan State has an open scholarship spot freed up by Nick Ward's departure. Um there are a couple different routes you can go uh, filling that. Uh, one is transfer market. Uh, I think with Michigan State's roster set up the way it is and what they uh, have their sights set on next year, the fact that they're going to be a preseason top one, two, three team in the country, going to be a, a pick to win it all for sure. I would expect Michigan State, if they are transfer hunting, to be in the market for a grad transfer. I think that makes sense based on 
A, who's out there. We've talked about Kerry Blackshear uh, as sort of the guy you want. Um, and it also makes sense because of, uh, you know, the other options being, you know, a freshman. And it, it, you don't, I don't know if you want to bring in another freshman. I mean, never hurts to bring in another freshman. But uh, this is a team that's going to be led by upperclassmen. It's going to be tough for a true freshman to, to see the floor next year. It's going to be tough for some sophomores to see the floor next year. So I think if, if you're going to use that last scholarship, um, I would prefer it being on a grad transfer type who can come in and contribute right away and be a rotation guy on a team that aims to win the national championship um, rather than adding another recruit. And the other thing with that, um, this late in the recruiting season, uh, you know, Michigan State went into the process thinking we, they needed to fill X amount of scholarships uh, with freshmen. You know, they got three guys, Rocket Watts, Malik Hall, and then Julius Marble is the third one who was the most recent commit. It's tough to sort of just pick up right now and grab a guy, and you don't want to just grab someone who's a lower-ranked recruit because you need to fill a spot. You want someone that you know, have a relationship with, wants to be at Michigan State. Not saying it's impossible or not going to happen, uh, but late last-ditch recruiting uh, like this, I don't think is the best way to fill a scholarship uh, when you consider that, you know, it's technically a four-year commitment. Um, that, I think, would be better served filling in with a grad transfer than that scholarship is off the books in one year, and then, you you know, you just have an additional scholarship that would have been there with Ward's departure as a senior, and you don't have to switch up the plan for scholarships and recruiting and things like that. Uh, the way you would if it was maybe a transfer that would be like a Hauser brother sitting out a year and then on scholarship the next year, you know, that's going to change things up in terms of recruiting for 2020 and down the line. And then if you recruit another freshman in the 2019 class, that's also going to change up recruiting. So the most seamless, easiest way that makes most sense that jives the most with this roster is to add a grad transfer. And of course, Kerry Blackshear would be the top guy out there. Uh, there are other options. We'll talk about that in a future episode. What I want to talk about more right here is the potential uh, of this roster. I was just kind of going through my head, like, who's going to be the starting five next year? Um, and then you, once you start doing that, you're like, there are so many options. So the obvious one is Cassius is going to be at the one. Then from there, uh, uh, Josh, I... I almost called him Jeremy Langford again. Josh Langford is going to be starting. Uh, you would assume at the two, but could be the three depending on other situations. Xavier Tillman's going to be starting down low, either at the four or the five, depending on what plays out with Blackshear. Let's talk like Blackshear's not on this team next year. So you got Cassius at the one, Langford at the two, and Tillman at the five. From there, uh, the options, I think Aaron Henry would be a smart start at the four. Um, it's a smaller lineup, uh, and then Arns potentially at the three. That kind of that's the most experienced uh, group there. So Winston, Langford, Arns, Le- uh, Langford, Henry, and Tillman as the starting five. But then you could also this is where things get interesting. You know, Rocket Watts is going to come in as like a combo guard scoring threat who could easily. Uh, be so you know starting at the two for a lot of teams. He's a really highly ranked recruit who can score a ton. You could go with you know Cassius at the one, Watts at the two, Langford at the three, Henry at the four, 
and then Tillman at the five. You also could uh, potentially start Gabe Brown based on his development. If he's someone who really takes steps forward, we've seen some of the ability. Uh, if he's your stretch four, you remember he's six foot seven. He's a big guy. Uh, that's another option as well. He could be someone who takes enough steps forward this off season uh, to be starting at the four. And then the wild card in this entire scenario, along with Malik Hall, we'll see what he looks like coming in. He's another highly regarded guy who's six seven, can play power forward. I don't foresee him starting. I think it's going to be tough for him to be able to get on the floor really next year. Same with Julius Marble. Um, but Marcus Bingham is really interesting. He's going to be bigger. He's going to bulk up a little bit this offseason, 15 pounds or something like that. We'll see how it shakes out. But if he gets bigger um, and if he kind of, you know, is more refined and, you know, going through an offseason program and things like that, Marcus Bingham might have the most talent uh, on the entire team. He I think out of everyone on the team next year, Marcus Bingham's ceiling will be the highest uh, just being that size, that wingspan, that ability to block shots and shoot it from deep. Uh, he's a, a unique player, and he didn't play a lot this year because Michigan State had three guys they were really comfortable with in the front court, uh, and they trusted Kithier more. They trusted Kithier's rebounding and defense more than Bingham's. And, you know, with a big offseason, uh, Marcus Bingham could find himself like firmly planted. Uh, as someone, you have to start at the five, and then you've got Bingham at the five, Xavier Tillman as your four, uh, which is really interesting because I think Xavier is going to come back next year uh, with a green light to shoot from uh, deep. We've seen him hit. Uh, you know, He's a good free throw shooter. He has a good-looking stroke. He's hit big shots from three before. Uh, it's definitely there, and I wouldn't be surprised if he's someone who takes you know a couple threes a game next year and hits at like a 36% clip. That's not uh, out of the range for his abilities, for his skill set. So you're going to have lineups that are going to be absolutely loaded with shooting. There's going to be multiple 40% shooters on the floor at times, at pretty much all times for Michigan State, and then there's you know, depending on Malik Hall, and we'll see how he his game sort of translates, what kind of minutes he gets. You, I don't think there's going to be a guy who plays minutes for Michigan State next year that you are not comfortable shooting the three. Obviously, Cassius, Langford, Arns can shoot it well enough. Uh, I would expect he'll get back into the mid-30s once his back, hopefully his back, um, doesn't give him issues continuing uh, into the season. Backs are weird, but if, if Arns is healthy, he's going to be a guy who can shoot in the mid-30s for sure. Tillman's going to be able to shoot it. Bingham's going to shoot it. Gabe Brown's going to shoot it. Foster Lawyer is going to get more minutes. He's going to shoot it. Rocket Watts is going to shoot it. Uh, pretty much everyone but Thomas Kithier is going to be able to shoot it, uh, and that's really exciting. This is uh, It's a roster that is going to be loaded with experience, loaded with talent, loaded with shooting, uh, and it's really interesting. It's super versatile. You've got like Cassius locked into the one, and then you know Tillman either at the four or the five. Uh, you know Kithier either at the four or the five, and Bingham either at the four or the five if he gets on the floor. Other than that, you know everyone is kind of like can play. You can do so many different things with these wings. They're versatile. They have unique skill sets. With you know. Like I said, shooting, Langford can get to the basket, Henry can get to the basket, Gabe Brown can step out and shoot like awesome and can play as a big three. Like you can, the, the lineups can play. It's 
crazy to think about. Like Tillman, uh, Brown, Hall, Henry, like those four are all six, 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 seven, and bigger. And they can all switch and guard and do different things, you know, pending development and things like that. Like it's just, there's so many options that Michigan state can go with next year. It's insane. And yeah, they're going to be preseason one or two, and they're going to be a crazy good roster next year. That's going to be able to go 10 deep at times. That is going to be incredibly versatile on defense, uh, lights out shooting on offense, going to be able to get into the paint, going to be able to get to the free throw line, going to shoot from the free throw line really well. Like, uh, it's crazy just to sort of talk through it and think about how good this team might be next year. Uh, and that's got me really excited already. And I'm, I'm like, imagine adding Kerry Blackshear to that. <laughs> imagine if that happens. Um, that would be pretty nuts. Um, Let's take a break right here. That's going to lead into exactly what I want to talk about with segment three. It's a mailbag question, so we'll do that after the break. Remember to get the show every day. Subscribe to Locked on Spartans and the new Himalaya podcast app. In an ever-expanding podcast world, you need Himalaya with our personally curated playlist and new features every day. Download Himalaya at your app store and subscribe to Locked on Spartans. All right, welcome back to segment three of today's Locked on Spartans. Let's get to this mailbag question. It is from... B1G Big Ten, B1G Savant on Twitter. He asks, she asks, he or she asks. Uh, there's no picture or anything like that. I don't know if it's a, a guy or a girl. Anyway, <laughs> they ask, is it fair to say next basketball season should be, quote, national title or bust, unquote? Um, is it fair to say that? No. <laughs> That sort of proposition, I'm just I'm picking at the words, the wording here. Uh, national title or bust is unfair for any college basketball team ever. Uh, that diminishes a lot of really great accomplishments, and the tournament is so fickle and random at times that expecting any college basketball team, no matter how good they are, to win it all, to demand they win it all, is just unfair with the nature of how the tournament plays out and how weird it is. Um, I think it's fair to expect them to be, uh, very highly ranked into the season. It's fair to expect them to win the big 10. It's fair to expect them to be in the top five, the entire season, pending health, things like that. I think it's fair to expect them to be one of the, one of, if not the favorites to win the national championship most of the season long and heading into the NCAA tournament. Uh, like we just went over with this roster, uh, a little bit in the last segment, they are loaded. And yeah, you know, Duke's gonna, Duke's already added to their, their recruiting class. Uh, they're bringing back uh, some good players. You know, there are gonna be teams that are gonna be able to challenge Michigan State next year in terms of ability. There's gonna be teams that have, you know, more high end pro potential. You know, Michigan State, uh, when the 2020 NBA draft rolls around and they're talking about the number one, two, three, four, five pick. Odds are they won't be talking about anyone from this Michigan State team. So there are going to be better basketball players, higher upside basketball players around the country uh, than the guys on Michigan State's team. There's going to be other really good teams. So that's a given, right? That's just college basketball. That's just sports, really. Uh, But I don't think there's going to be a team. I know there's not going to be a team, frankly, with the combination of talent, uh, experience, winning uh, in the past, Final Four experience, coaching experience, coaching in the Final Four experience, uh, depth that Michigan State has. Michigan State will be the deepest team in the country next year, 
uh, unless injuries just ravage them. Like that, that is a guarantee. I don't see how another team could push them for that. Given that they went to the final four, were one of the absolute best teams in the country and bring damn near everyone back. You know, Virginia's losing some guys to the NBA. Uh, you know, other Duke obviously lost their entire roster to the NBA. Gonzaga's losing guys uh, that are uh, going to the NBA that are seniors. Um, lost a couple of rotation guys, and then they've got guys that are going to be testing the NBA draft waters. So uh, I think Michigan State certainly uh, should go into the season as the favorite. And I would expect them to continue that, to continue to get better, to be even better than this team. And remember, this this last team, uh, last year's team, 2019 team, they finished third overall in Ken Palm. That's the best Michigan State team in the Ken Palm era. Um, that's the best Michigan State team in terms of that sort of rating since the national championship team. This is an incredibly good basketball team. They finished with the number five offense and number nine defense. And so to ask them to get better than that is kind of an insane ask, but they really should, given what they have on the team, what they accomplished, uh, the improvements they made, what they're losing and what they're bringing in. And if you add a guy like Kerry Blackshear to this roster, um, you know, it's not national title or bust because, again, I don't think that's a fair standard to put on any team in any sport because weird things happen. Uh, and you end up not, you know, if this Michigan State team makes the national championship game and loses by one in overtime uh, after, you know, running through the Big Ten at 18 and two and racking up huge wins along the way, if they do that next year, like, I don't think you can call that season a disappointment. So uh, it would be disappointing. For sure, but the season wouldn't be a disappointment, and there's you know a subtle difference there. So I don't think it's national title or bust, um, but damn it, they need to win a national title, <laughs> right? If with like this year felt like the year, next year really feels like the year somehow even more than last year was, um, and you know a million different things could happen. Uh, we are currently, you know a month, not even a couple weeks, three weeks removed from the national championship just being played. We are a long, long ways away from anyone playing basketball uh, for the next season. So things change, but as it stands now with Michigan State's roster, with everything they have, everything that happened last year, uh, and just the group that they're bringing back, yeah, I think... The standard, uh, the expectations should be absolutely sky high, as high as they've really uh, ever been. And, you know, I this team, you know, the 2018 team had huge expectations, rightfully so. And, uh, you know, they delivered on them all season long. Uh, and then, you know, a fluky crap loss to Syracuse derails everything in the second round of the tournament. Um, next year's team should have even higher expectations, and I would be absolutely shocked uh, if they didn't win the conference, if they didn't rack up huge win after huge win all season long, if they didn't make a deep run into the tournament. Uh, I, it would be very surprising and, and very disappointing, although I'm not willing to say national title or bust. Um, I expect them to be one of, if not the top teams, uh, all season long next year. 
All right, that is the end of today's show. Thanks so much for listening to today's Locked On Spartans. Reminder to rate, review, subscribe to the podcast. Wherever you get podcasts, you can find Locked On Spartans. Just hit that subscribe button, get these episodes sent to your phone every single day. Tomorrow, I want some more mailbag questions if you got them. Uh, send them in at on Spartans on Twitter at will underscore underscore hunter one L two underscores locked on Spartans at gmail.com. Those are all good ways to send in questions. If you want to leave a voicemail, 810-666-1031 is how you do that. Uh, we will talk a little bit more about grad transfers. Um, we've talked about the Hauser brothers and Carrie Blackshear, but there are other guys available. Uh, so we'll talk about that as well. Some other potential options for Michigan state. And then hopefully we get some listener questions to uh, help supplement the episode. Otherwise, I'm going to have to start making crap up. And I don't want to do that, so don't let me down. Send in some questions. Uh, Thanks so much for listening to today's Locked on Spartans. We'll be back tomorrow with another episode. Until then, go green.